0: welcome everyone to kingdom rock radio we pray that you will enjoy today's message now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today let god choose the shape and the time and the method and the place of his miracle you may not always receive what you ask the way that you thought you should get it but understand something the father has your best interest at heart And many times he wants something much higher than what you've been asking for. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now here is today's message. Well, welcome once again, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to our online community that are joining us all around the world. We thank you guys so much for tuning in and for joining with us today. The Lord does have a word in store for you. Kingdom Rock, let us give our online community a hand. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, We're in the series now entitled The God Life. The God Life. And this is part number eight. So if you have not heard part seven six five four three two or one, make sure you do that. Remember, you can go back to uh, go to our website at kingdomrock.org. There you can hear today's message and the entire series. So please check it out today. Amen. Amen. All right, today will also be, I believe, at least at this moment, will also be the concluding part of this series. So. I won't really know until we'll actually finish today. So we'll know then. But this is what I'm thinking, at least at the moment right now. So thank you so much for your prayers. And all of you that are partnering with us from around the world, thank you so much for your faithful giving and your encouraging emails. And thank you for sharing the videos and the audios. You guys are super duper. You are our kingdom nation and our kingdom rock nation. And we love you guys so very much. Amen. All right, well, let's go back into the series now. Remember, during the series, we said that we're going to walk in the promises of God for our lives. We're going to decree a thing, and it shall be established. To that end, we went always over there to the book of Job, Job 22, verse 28. And it says, Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Now, we've also been putting this in practice by making confession of the Word of God. Confessing the Word of God is so very important. Yeah. And in just a little while, I'm going to give you three warnings, three warnings that I want to leave with you in this series. And I pray that you hear these and you really get these in you and you'll govern yourselves, govern yourselves accordingly. But before we do that, let's go ahead and do our confessions. And it goes like this I am a child of God and a joint heir with Christ I don't have to be broke sick worried or sad another day of my life I believe I receive the abundant life Jesus has laid up for me I cast all my cares unto the Lord because he cares for me Therefore, I live a carefree life of peace and blessings I am victorious through Christ Jesus and the power of darkness are now under my feet Let's say that one more time. I am victorious through Christ Jesus and the powers of darkness are now under my feet I am no longer a victim of circumstance today I decree I am an overcomer. All my sins have been washed away, and I have constant peace and communion with God the Father. God is for me, and I obey his voice. Therefore, his blessings are overtaking me right now. Glory to the Lamb of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You did a great job as usual. It's important that we confess the word of God over our lives. It's important that we have a godly confession. It's important that we do that. Now, today we're going to be ending off this series talking about the faith shift. The faith shift. And I'm telling you, there is a faith shift. But before we do that, let me give you these three warnings, three, three things that you want to Um, make sure you allow to govern your life as you declare God's word. Number one, you want to make sure that you have the right motives, right motives. So we're not talking about, and we have not been talking about, name it or claim it, blab it or grab it. That's not what this series has been about. We're not also trying to establish our own kingdom and establish our own will. Jesus gave us specific instructions in how to pray. And the first part of his prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer was, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God gives us his word to establish his kingdom and his purpose, his will in the earth and not our own. So we're not talking about, and my God help us. We have not been talking about claiming somebody else's husband or claiming somebody else's wife. I've known people to do that, or claiming somebody else's uh, car, claiming somebody else's house. No, that's called covetousness. Yeah. When you're not talking about, I want something like what you have, you're talking about, I want yours. And that's just wickedness. That's not what God is saying, Doing Anytime you're trying to use the word of God or the name of God to promote your own agenda, that's called Evil. That's called evil. That's called wicked. Remember, God is not your slave. He is not your errand boy. He is not your servant. I say this, oh God, you go ahead and you run on now do that. God help me, please, we're even saying that. We're here to establish his covenant. We're here to establish his pleasure in the earth. Now, what you'll understand that as you develop the God kind of faith that we talked about in Mark 11, as you spend more time with the Father you'll understand that he will place his desires in your heart. Those God-shaped desires in your heart. And it is those desires that he intends to fulfill. And many times the Father will put those desires in your heart so strong, you think that they're yours. (laughs) Glory. And he'll give you a passion for it and a fire for it. I call it um, uh, the Lazarus method. You know, if you try to kill it, and if it raises up again, it's the Lord. But if you kill it and it stays dead, then it wasn't Him. God desires within you will stand the test of time. It will abide the fire. It will abide the fire. Hallelujah! So uh, again, He will give you His desires because the Father knows what's lurking in our in our heart or in our soul. Jeremiah says it this way. Seventeen. Jeremiah seventeen nine says it this way. He says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, it's the father that searches the heart. It's him that tries the reins. He knows what's in your heart of hearts. So God's not giving us a blank check and uh, saying, go ahead, here's his here's credit card. Go run off now. Run off. My God, if a parent would do that to their seven, seven-year-old child or whatever child you, whatever age child is say, here's a credit card, go do what you want to do. What kind of mischief are you gonna get in? What are you, what kind of danger are you sending your child to? Oh, go run on. And, and who, no telling how many twicks and twizzlers they have and they, when they come home, what they would have done with all that. So the Father knows what's in us, so he places his desire in us and says, I'll fulfill my desire in you. So he's not saying, I'm giving you my name and authority and my word to do what you want to do. No, he's going to supervise. Glory to God. He's going to be with you. He's not making you independent from him. He's making you dependent upon him. Hallelujah. That's the first warning. The second warning is this. Uh, don't put God in a box. Now, this is something really, you really got to understand this. Don't put God in a box. Let God choose the shape and the time and the method and the place of his miracle. You may not always receive what you ask the way that you thought you should get it. But understand something, the Father has your best interest at heart, and many times he wants something much higher than what you've been asking for. If you just say, God, I want this here, I want just that tree, you cease to see the full forest of trees that are all around you. So let the Lord take authority and let him take charge over that. There's a man that said, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you heal my foot. And I've been declaring the word that you would heal my foot. And he said, uh, well, I still have pain. Six months into it, I still have pain. God, you haven't done anything. Well, whenever you declare the word of God, the word of God does come to pass. What the man does not know is that God has been working on the inside of him internally and healing him of an incurable disease. You didn't realize that, did you? Someone says, um, uh, again, so the man just wanted his foot healed. But God said, bro, you about to die. (laughs) Let me take care of you fully then we can handle your foot. You see what I'm saying? Someone else may be asking for money. God, give me money. And they're expecting money to come in the mail when God gives them a business idea. Or maybe he helps them to um, get rid of their toxic spending and say, Lord, there's your money now. (laughs) As he deals with them about their, their levels of greed in their heart. Or he shows them how to save money with this or that. Let God choose the method. You've been asking for the money. Let him choose the method. If you're simply looking at your mailbox, you don't see all the other ways that the Father can increase you. Yes. You're cutting yourself down, cutting yourself short. Maybe someone asked, God, I want to raise on my job. Lord said that, he said, I, I want more money. I want to raise on my job. Then all of a sudden you lose your job. Say, what, Lord, what's going on? But a few days later, you get another job making more than what you would have made had you had the raise. I hope you're hearing what we're saying to you. Don't put God in a box and saying, Lord, this is what I'm believing for. I want that house right there. When that house may not be maybe a great house, but that house may again be just that one thing in a sea of many others that are far better than that. So, don't just say, you stay here, right here, God, right here where I can see you. Just do this right there because there's so much more. Our Father is limitless and He's creative beyond belief. Don't put Him in a box. Thirdly, understand prosperity. Understand, you must understand prosperity. True prosperity is having more than enough in order to share with others. Now, Father does promise every one of us a prosperous life, but prosperity will look different for all of us because we're all called with different assignments, different purposes. Understand something that the Lord will empower you to be prosperous based on, again, your calling, your assignment, and your purpose. Now, all of us should be prosperous in spirit. All of us should be prosperous uh, with the fruit of the Spirit, we should have more than enough love to share with others, more than enough joy and peace and, and so forth and so on. We should all have that, be prosperous in spirit. And the Lord does desire you to. Lord does design to, to bless you in that manner. But your, but the amount, hear this, but the amount of material possession that you will receive is based on your calling, your assignment and your purpose. Let me say that again the amount of material prosperity that you will receive will be based on your calling, your assignment, and purpose. If we say, let's take Sister Ware for an example here. Yes, she's right there. If Sister Ware were to call up two people, let's say she calls John and Stan, and uh, she gives them two envelopes. One uh, has $60,000 in it, Yes, cash, and one has $6 in it. One is to buy her a new vehicle. Now, I'm not sure what you can do taking all that cash to a dealership, but <laughs> it's just for an example. One is to buy her a new Lincoln or what have you, new vehicle, and the other is buy her lunch. She's hungry. Well, they both go outside and they say, hey, man, look what I got. Look what she gave me. One of them has a, a large stack of $100 bills. Another one has six $1 bills. And they're in the parking lot going back and forth. I don't, why don't I have this? Why don't I have that? Why don't I have But now the argument is not about what she wants. It's about what the other has. Because both fulfill a need. She's hungry and she needs a ride, <laughs> right? We get in trouble when we look at what, other, what everybody else has. I want a 10-bedroom house just like them. I want this big car just like them. But you don't know the assignment and the calling. What is better, a 10-bedroom 10 10 bedroom house or one-room hut with the dirt floor? What is better, a tractor trailer truck or a small pickup truck, or a sports car, or, or some type of airplane, what is better? It all depends on the assignment. If I have to move pallets down the road, I don't care how nice the poor she is, that's not gonna help me. Are you hearing? It all depends on assignment, and we get in trouble when we look at what someone else has, and says, oh, I want this. You think that a 10-bedroom house is prosperous? But that may be only prosperous depending on the call, depending on what God has called you to do. If the Lord has called you to minister to those in in Africa or or in the Sudan and you have a 10-bedroom house over there, something bad going to happen. But what I'm telling you is that everything, prosperity, looks differently for everyone. Maybe your one-bedroom hut is prosperous in that area because many other people are sleeping outside. So what does prosperity look like? We can't compare ourselves to other people. We can't measure prosperity like the world measures prosperity. Is a 10,000-seat church better than a 50-seat church? It depends on what God has called you to do and where he's called you to be. Maybe this is better for you. Because this relates to your assignment. So do not measure prosperity with the lenses of the world. Consider this. Look at uh, Philippians, the fourth chapter, Philippians 4, verses 10 through 14. Philippians 4, verse 10 through 14 says this How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have." Now, listen to what he's saying here. Now this is the man of God, right? Paul, right? But look at the changes that Paul is going through. Look at verse 12. He says, "'I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything.'" Now, many people would say in modern day church, especially the American church, if you have nothing, you must be in sin. You're not prosperous unless you have a big house. You're not prosperous unless you have a big fancy car. You're not prosperous unless you have a lot of money in the bank. But yet, still, he said there were times when he had anything. Did that mean he was out of the will of God? There are seasons. There are seasons. He says, I know how to live on almost nothing. Or with everything, I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me with my present difficulty, rather in my present difficulty. So you see what I'm saying? Don't define prosperity or success by the world standards. Let God take you through. Sometimes you'll, you'll have mountains, you'll have valleys, you'll, there'll be hills to climb, but it is the Father that takes us through it all. And if we only look at This as the answer, this having this house and this car, having these many members or having these many views or these many likes, and once I get there, I will be successful. We're missing the boat altogether. Maybe he wants you to have one view and one like. And maybe that one view and one like, maybe that one person will reach the world. Can you be satisfied in just doing the work and leaving the results up to God? You have to learn what prosperity is. Don't get corrupt by the world standard. Now, let's talk about the faith shift. There's a shifting in faith. Now, this shift has to do with speaking, has to do with speaking. There is a shift that's going on right now. The Bible declares this in, in uh, Acts, the second chapter, verse 17. He said that in the last days, God's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. That's what he said he was going to do. He said your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy, right? And uh, he said uh, that, your, uh, that your, I believe your old men are going to dream dreams, I believe there. It's in Acts, the second chapter. Go back and look at it later. Praise God. But in the last days, there's going to be a lot of prophecy that are going forth. Prophecy is a speaking forth, declaring forth. And what are we going to declare? The word of God. And that shifting is occurring right now. We must be ready for that shifting. Let's go to, uh, let me show you this so clearly and crisply. This is a 4K or 8K uh, version of this. High, this is very clear that you'll see this. Let's go to Exodus, Exodus 17. Exodus 17. Let's look at verses 1 through 6. And let me show you this shift. You can see it so clearly here. Exodus 17, verses 1 through 6, it says this. At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. Eventually, they camped at Rephidim. But there was no water there for the people to drink. So once more, the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me? And why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Why are you trying to kill us, our children, and our livestock with thirst? I don't think they sounded like that, but you got me. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, walk out in front of the people. Take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. Strike the rock and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told and water gushed out as the elders looked on. Now I want you to notice something here god tell moses for this miracle uh look at verse five again he says call some of the elders of israel to join you call some of the elders of israel to join you look at the very last part there of of verse number six it says as the elders looked on as the elders looked on he said in other words this was a a private miracle let the elders come out and watch it, Moses. Let them see it. Moses did, struck the rock, water came out, one for miracle. All right, let's look at Numbers 20. Numbers 20, verses 1 through 12. It says, in the first month of the year, the whole community of Israel traveled in the wilderness of Sin of uh, Zin and camped at Kadesh, Kadesh. Uh, While they were there, rather, while they were there, uh, Miriam died and was buried. That's Moses' sister. Verse 2, there was no water for the people to drink at that place. So they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. The people blamed Moses and said, if only we had dined in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why have you brought the congregation of the, of the Lord's people into this wilderness to die along with all our livestock? Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? This land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates. No KFC, no Taco Bell, no Pizza Hut, no Walmart, and no water to drink. In the online community I added those restaurants. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They said, this has nothing in this place. Look at verse number six. Moses and Aaron turned away from the people And went to the entrance of the tabernacle uh, where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord said to Moses, you and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. Anybody seeing this yet? As the people watch, speak to the rock over there and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their field. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. What was a blessing in one stage, one season, became a curse in the next. God told him the first time, strike it. But then there was a shift. He said, don't strike it. As a matter of fact, he didn't even mention striking it the second time. He said, just speak to it. Just talk to it. Just say what Moses is going to say. He's going to declare what God said. Just say what I tell you. Just speak to it. And it's going to release to you. There is a shifting that happened there. Moses did not enter into his promised land because he failed to trust God and speak his word into the circumstance. He failed to speak. He did not enter into the promises of God because he failed to release the word of God into the circumstance. He was still in an old season, still striking when he should have been speaking, when he should have been speaking. Instead of allowing the, instead, he allowed the negative words of people all around him to get him all riled up. And he missed it. How many times are we allowing the negative words of people all around us? Oh, the economy. Oh, this happened. Oh, the virus. Oh, this and that. And it's getting all in our hearts and it's riling us all up. And now we're acting differently, acting outside of our character, acting outside of the will of God for our lives. And it's causing us to to miss the blessing that God has for us. Moses allowed, good man, but he allowed their yin-yang complaining. And boy, were there some complaining folk. But guess what? You got some complaining folk around you too. And just like Moses, if you don't learn to declare the word of God over your life and tune that negative out, that negative will get in you and it will cause you to do things that are against the will of God for your life. What was good one season is not good now. Well, the same thing happened there, you know, to the uh, children of Israel themselves back in Numbers, the 13th chapter. They said, we cannot beat these big old giants we are like grasshoppers in their sight. And because they brought up an evil report before the congregation of Israel, and Israel believed it, we can't do this. Because of what they said, they didn't go into their promised land. Moses failed to say, and he didn't enter. And they did say, but they spoke negatively. They didn't say what God said. Only Joshua and Caleb declared the word. We are well able to do this. And they were the only ones of that generation that were able to go into and possess the land. Now, let me wrap this up. How did Jesus deal with difficult situations in the word and his ministry? The most difficult situation we'll find there, as it relates to the enemy, as it relates to uh, anything, there, the Lord said when He was, in, was tempted of the devil there in Luke the fourth chapter, what did He do? He spoke the word. He released the word. The devil tempting him in the midst of temptation. Now, we got we are we got some bad situations, but you don't have the devil himself in your ear talking to you. You may have some demons. Talking around you. Some folk may act like demons talking around you, but Jesus had the devil himself trying to tempt him and taunt him. And what did Jesus use? He used the word. Over and over again, he said, It is written. It is written. He declared the word. He declared the word. And we know from Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verse 17, we know that the, the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. God's word is a sword that goes forth, and it strikes, it strikes a target. You're going to progress by declaring God's word over your life, over your situation. You're going to progress by doing that. And we know that um, even in Matthew, we won't get it, but Matthew, the eighth chapter, uh, a centurion there, you know about the account. He had a, a servant, was, uh, was ill, was sick. He called Jesus and said, would you come over uh, to my house and heal my servant? It, Uh, But then when Jesus got closer, he sent someone else to say, hey, uh, Master, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but if you just, what, say the word only. Just release a word. You don't have to touch it. Just release a word. You don't have to strike it. Just release a word, and it's going to solve this problem. That's that shift. And if we go right back around, well, we started here in this series in, in Mark 11, and we'll, this is where we're going to conclude it here. Let's read it one more time. Mark 11, verse 22 and 23, the Lord says here, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. Have the faith that belongs to God. Jesus says here, take it. Take it. Not only is he commanding it, have it, but he's offering it to you. Here, have the faith of God. Have faith in God. He's giving it to you. Have it. You've been in restaurants and people say to you, you know, would you like to have another piece of pie? Would you like to have some coffee? Would you like to have this or have that? Jesus is offering it to you. Have the faith of God. Have faith in God. Here, take it, take it, take it. And once you receive the faith of God, verse 23 says, for verily I say unto you, excuse me, for truly, for truly, for truly I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Remember, Jesus is not saying, and this mountain, he talks about a troubled situation, something that is standing in the way. The Lord didn't tell you to talk about it. He told you to talk to it. Talk to it. So there is limitless power that's at your disposal that God has given to you not to establish your kingdom but to establish his kingdom, not to establish your purposes but to establish his purpose. If you, as you seek him in prayer, Father, what do you desire? And as Father fills your heart with his desire for that job or that promotion or that house or for a mate, for, you know, for a spouse, he can give you his desires because he has purpose for everything. Give you a desire for another ministry building, for a media facility. Remember, whatever stands the test of time. And let me tell you, I wanted to, so many times we tried to build the media facility over and over and over through the years. We went from bank to bank to bank, and it seems like all the bankers around town and Everywhere, just communicated one with another. When they come to you, tell them no. (laughs) It's not as though we had bad credit. We had excellent credit, excellent credit whatsoever. Excellent. Things were wonderful, but they said, you're not a part of a denomination. You're you're too small. You're too this, you're too that. You're too this, you're too that. And I'm thankful now that they all said no, because because of that, I see the glory of God. (laughs) The building stands to the glory of God. I thank God for the tithes and offerings of God's people for sharing in the vision. It has come to pass. Glory to God. Without using, thank God for the banker. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, bless them, bless them. Without using that. You get what I'm saying to you? So I pray you keep these words to heart and that you will declare, continue to declare God's word. Find out what he said as it relates to the area that you're, that you're praying about and declare his word and see his will done in your life. Let me pray over you. Father, I pray right now that, that you would inspire courage and that your people will not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, they will reap as they faint not. I thank you, Father, that every time they declare your word, every time they speak your word in faith, your word works, and it is also working in them to do your good pleasure. I thank you, Father, for healing their bodies. We declare by the stripes of Jesus they are healed. I thank you, Lord, for prospering them, for supplying all of their needs according to to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for favoring them and for blessing them on every side. Thank you Lord for wisdom and for supernatural opportunities that you bring their way. Most importantly, Lord, we thank you for the saving of souls, that lives are changed, healed, and delivered. We bless you, Father, and I cover your people, all those who would receive it. I cover them them with the anointing of the God life, that they may experience the life that you have planned for them to experience. And walk in victory every single day of their lives, whether there is plenty or whether there is nothing, where stomachs are full or whether stomachs are empty. Lord, I pray that whenever state, whatever state that they're in, Lord, I pray that you prosper them in every way and help them to live the God life so that others around them may see Jesus in them and give their lives to you. We give you praise, Father, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, my friends, and we will see you on the next time. Bye-bye. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah! Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.